let us remain standing just a few moments and bow our heads for prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, it is a privilege that we have tonight to come in thy presence to give thanks to thee for all thy goodness to us. And we're unworthy of the blessings that thou dost give us. But we know that we have the promise that all things work together for good to them that love God. How our souls rest upon that word. And we pray tonight that you'll pour out of your blessings upon us. Let your Holy Spirit come to each heart and give to us that what we have need of. For we stand waiting with our hearts open. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow morning, the Lord willing, I don't know which is front and back of this thing. If the engineer will pick it up just as much as he can because of my horses. Thank you. I have breakfast, a ministerial breakfast. And if God willing, I hope that every minister in Phoenix is there. I would like to talk to them a little bit. So plan on being there, brethren, if you possibly can. I don't know where the place is. Miller's Cafeteria. I guess they got a place reserved for the breakfast. And that's at 9 o'clock, is it, Brother Groomer? 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. The place, the pulpit's not a joking place. But I just had a little something I just heard on the phone a few moments ago. It just tickled me. I've got a little boy, 18 months old, and his grandmother's taking care of him while wife's out here with me. Mother was the horse, she can't talk. Won't know what was the matter. Little Joseph went and locked her out of the house and she couldn't get in. <laughs> couldn't get in at all. <laughs> no key in the key on the inside. 18 months old, and he finally had to get to the door and unlock it himself and get her back in. Honey, does he take that after you? <laughs> I'll pay for that tonight. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be here. They tell me there's a big snow on the ground at my home. <laughs> Way cold. I believe Brother Stockman, at his home he called the other night, it's five below. So, you all have lots to be thankful for down around Phoenix here this time of year. <laughs> now we're going to read tonight, the Lord willing, for just a little text. Maybe the Lord give us the context. Out of the Gospel of St. John, the 10th chapter. Now I want to read the 7th and the 14th verses of St. John 10. 
And Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And in the 14th verse, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of them. Now, if you notice how that 7th verse read, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And over here he says he is the good shepherd. I don't believe there is any greater thing that we could talk about tonight than would be the Lord Jesus. He is the greatest person that we could talk about. And I just love to talk and brag about him because he's worthy of all things that anyone could say. And I have never found in my voice yet or in my thinking any words that could ever express my gratitude to him for all that he has done for me and for others. And tonight I wish to speak of him as the good shepherd of the sheep. You know, we learn so many things about that little animal, the sheep. And I was thinking maybe the Lord will, tomorrow night, if I don't have to take a flight down to South Arizona tomorrow after breakfast, I'd like to speak on the lamb and the dove. And I thought tonight I would speak on the lamb so I could shorten up the subject maybe tomorrow night. We learn a lot of things by sheep. If we'll just notice them and watch their actions, and a, a sheep is a sacrificial animal. Little innocent fellow. And he is totally helpless when he's lost. I think that's why Jesus likened us into sheep. Because they just can't seem to find their way around. They have to depend on someone leading them. And they cannot lead one another. They just won't do it. And that goes to show me one thing. If we are likened to sheep in God's heritage, then we cannot lead one another. We are helpless, and we've got to depend on the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus. And I noticed at a slaughterhouse once, someone was speaking to me about how they slaughtered the sheep. And when they want the sheep to come out of the corral and go up the chute where they kill the sheep, a goat leads them up there. They'll follow the goat. 
And this goat will lead them up to the place where the killing takes place. And then he'll jump over the side and let the sheep go right on to their death. That's just the nature of the goat. And if a fellow doesn't know his sheep real well, it's hard to tell the difference between the blading of a goat and of a sheep. They're a whole lot alike. But the nature of them proves what they are. That's the way with confessed Christians and real Christians. The goat represents the world. They'll lead you right down the wrong road to your eternal separation from God. They'll lead you into trouble. So if we are sheep, we better watch what kind of shepherd we got. Sheep are funny little creatures in one way. Here's another thing we might learn of sheep tonight. When the weather is real hot, did you ever see sheep? They won't separate themselves and one be at one place and one at another. But right in the heat of the day, the sheep will all stand together. You know what they're doing? They're making shade one for the other. They're having fellowship. And wouldn't it be good if all God's sheep, when the heat was on, would stand together? When the trials are real hard, and the heat is on, and everything going on everywhere, if all of God's little sheep would just stand together, we'd have the coolness of the shade of each other. The comfort to lean upon each other. Now someone says, is that necessary, Brother Branham? It certainly is. There's nothing like having a real good, dependable friend. That when the troubles are blazing, the heat's on, you can go to this friend and sit down and just explain it to them. Talk it over in personal confidence. And then kneel down and pray together. And know that this person is a good God-saved man or woman. That you can put confidence in. Oh, it's good to do that. Come let us reason together, saith the Scriptures. Or come let us stand together. And I noticed another thing when I see sheep in a cold country. And when all the sheep, the blizzards come to break the wind, all those little sheep will come from one side of the field to the other and huddle up together. It keeps each other warm. The warmth from each body helps warm the other. And I think when the church gets real cold and indifferent, God's sheep ought to kind of huddle up together and pray for each other. And the warmth of real good Christian fellowship, oh, it means so much. David spoke of it in the first psalm. Blessed is the man 
that setteth not in the seat of the scornful, standeth in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the river of water. And his leaves shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. And you know, if you were going out, especially in my country, to have a little picnic, we just have to have a little shade to have a picnic. Now, if a little tree had been stuck out last year by someone, we couldn't have very much confidence that we meet much shade there. But you go to where the big old stately oak stands, where the trials and temptations and the swinging of the limbs back and forth and back and forth has moved that old tree till them roots are way down deep in the ground, you can pretty well believe she's still standing there. That's the way I like to get to an old God-saved saint that's withered a storm and their roots are still holding deep in the love of God. What it means to get to a person like that and have a little time of fellowship means so much. Now, it was a strange thing. Jesus said here, and St. John 10, I am the door. Always wondered how he could be a door and be a man. That used to bother me. How could he be a door and yet be a man? When I was over in the Orient, I found out what that scripture meant. He said here, I am the door, and all that comes before me is robbers. And then I wondered how that was. And in the Orient, how they take care of their sheep, the shepherd brings them in at night, and he counts them every one to see if every one is in. If there's one missing, he will not lay down until he goes out into the deserts or wherever he's herded all day long, and he'll find that sheep, lay it over his shoulders, bring it in. Then when all is in the fold, then the shepherd lays himself down at the gap. He is the door to the sheepfold. There's no other way. It's a corral. Got a top over. And nothing can come into those sheep until it crosses the shepherd. And what a belief. What a lovely thing to know that when we are tucked into his blessed keeping, he becomes the door. And there's nothing can happen to you. No matter what it is, it'll all have to come by the shepherd. If it's sickness, it might be for your correction. It might be for testimony against the enemy. It might be for the exaltation of Christ's name. But nothing can come.
to come. He's the door to the sheepfold. But all that comes are robbers. All that ever comes to him trying to get you, God to take you out of his fold, is robbers, evil ones, trying to take you from his fold. But they cannot get you. I just love to glaze that out. Nothing can bother you if you are in God's sheepfold. For He is the door Himself, and there's no other way. Everything has to be permitted by Him. Sometimes you say, why do I get sick? It may be for His glory. One time when they were passing a blind man, the disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, in this case, neither sinned. He nor his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest. Little did he know it. Through his youthful days being blind, he was born blind, and through his youthful days it might have been hard for him to understand. But after a while he finds out it was for a testimony of the Lord Jesus. Now God does things like that. Now, another thing about these sheep, if they have to have a shepherd and a man, an owner of the sheep, when he went to get a shepherd, he, had, he went and searched out till he got the best shepherd that could be gotten because he loves his sheep. And this man must be special trained in knowing how to take care of the sheep. He must know the kind of food they eat. You know, there's a lot of sheep food. And there's a lot of food you give your sheep and kill it. And I'm so glad that God was mindful enough of His sheep to get the right kind of shepherd. The Lord Jesus. He knows what sheep food is. And you know what sheep food is? It's the Word of God. Man shall not live, may I change that just a little, sheep shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, the sheep of God are fed by the word of God. The Holy Spirit in you, what makes you the sheep, feeds solemnly on the word. And solely he feeds on the Word. Anything you throw in the pen outside the Word, he'll root it out to one side and let it lay there. That's pretty strong. I don't know whether you know what I'm talking about or not. But he'll just take sheep food alone. And God selected the great shepherd of the flock, the Lord Jesus, and gave him all the authority. Now, another thing before he can go to leading a sheep, the sheep has to know the shepherd's voice. The shepherd, another shepherd could call, that sheep will never listen to him. He'll never pay any attention to any shepherd but that one. And in the natural realm, 
If something happens to the shepherd and he's fired or sent away, oh, what a time a sheep raiser has in those countries to find someone to take care of these sheep again. He must be gentle. He must be loving. He must have a certain kind of voice. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. And if, in other words, my sheep hear my word. Anything outside of it, they'll not follow. He said the true shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hireling shepherd won't listen. He'll run away and leave the sheep. But the true shepherd stays with the sheep. And I'm so glad that he said these words. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. As long as God's got a sheep, God's got a shepherd to lead that sheep. How happy we should be. God's sheep, led by God's shepherd. How long was it to be? A little while, and the world will see me no more. Yet ye shall see me, for I'll be with you, leading you, feeding you, guiding you, shepherding you to the end of the world. God's shepherd, he don't have to take one down and put another one up. Because man cannot be God's shepherd in that sense. One dies, another takes his place. But this one shepherd, the great shepherd over the flock, laid down his life once and become immortal. And his spirit now can never be killed. And he is a constant, perpetual leader and feeder of the sheep until his corporal body comes from glory. And he sits on the throne of David and all the lambs will be around him. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm so glad of that. The great shepherd of the flock who gave his life for us. That we unworthy sheep. I guess you've heard the story of the shepherd who broke his sheep's leg one time. Many little stories have been told about him. And was asked this shepherd, did the sheep fall off of a mountain and do this? He said, no. He said, what happened? He said, I broke its leg. He said, why did you break its leg? Are you a cruel shepherd? He said, no, I love the sheep. But the sheep got to running away from me. And it kept straying out to itself. And I know the nature of sheep. And I know if they stray too far away, the wolf will get them. So I had to break the sheep's leg to keep it with me, to draw it to my bosom, to give it a little special food. And I'll be so kind to it that when its leg gets well, it'll never leave me anymore. And sometimes God has to strike us down with sickness, diseases, and afflictions that he might just woo us to his bosom and give us a little special touch of his divine resurrected power to prove that he's still the Lord Jesus. And a man that's ever...
never been healed of God knows what God is. He won't want to stray. James made that clear. He said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. God shall raise them up. And if they have committed sin, it shall be forgiven them. God's shepherd knows how to take care of his sheep. You wonder sometimes, Mother, when that little baby was snatched out of your arms in death. little story goes with that with sheep. That was a, a picture of the Lord Jesus that was drawn by an artist. I do not know his name. But he's holding the sheep, little lamb, in his arms. And the mother was looking up, going along, keeping her eye on him. And the shepherd that was seen in this particular time, the man, the painter passing by, said to the shepherd packing the little lamb, said, why are you packing that lamb? Is it crippled? No. Said, what is the matter with the lamb? Said, there is nothing wrong with the lamb. The wrong is with the old. The mother said she got so she wouldn't listen to me anymore. And she wouldn't hear me anymore. So I just had to reach down and pick up her lamb. And now she looks at me all day long. Sometimes God has to do that. These poor little strange mothers running out to cocktail parties and running around and go raise that little baby up in the wrong way. Sometimes Jesus might have to take that lamb to get you to look up. And then if you don't hear that, the wolf will get you. Then you're gone. Oh, we can learn so much about the and another thing about the shepherd. The shepherd is always on duty. Did you know the shepherd of the sheep is with them both day and night? Some time ago up in Colorado, where I hunt at, I was noticing that they permitted some sheep grazing over on the other side of what we call Sheep Mountain. And... I noticed those shepherds back there, those cedar of the sheep, some of them young men with great long beards. They was with those sheep day and night. They was always on duty. You didn't know the shepherds that were watching their flock the night when Jesus was born? A lamb was born down there and the shepherds stopped right off to find it. You know what I mean? The shepherds were hunting land. And any it might be sheep men sitting here. And you know that when your your yours are lambing, it's more particular than ever. The shepherd can hardly get away from his sheep. He takes his camp bag and lays right among them when they're bringing in the young. For they have to have special attention. What does that mean? When we're having an old-fashioned revival and lambs are born every two minutes, the shepherd's laying right amongst his flock, watching to see that those little fellows come into the kingdom in the right way. Hallelujah! I'm so glad that he's on duty 
day and night. He said, I'll never leave thee, neither will I ever forsake thee. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. David said in the Psalms, if I make my bed in Hades, he's there. Oh, no matter where you are, if the undertaker puts you under the ground and shovels six foot of earth on top of you, he can never hide that sheep from the shepherd. He knows exactly where you're laying and you're marked. Some glorious day, he'll call and I'll answer. Oh, how marvelous. The sheep know his voice. A stranger. Hail not father. Why must the shepherd be on duty at all times? He must be sure that none of his sheep's lost. Aren't you glad of that? If the shepherd loses one sheep, it's a reproach on the shepherd. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall never come to the judgment but pass from death to life. Shepherd won't lose his sheep. Now, if you're a sheep, all right. All the Father has given me will come to me. And all that will come to me, I will in no wise cast out. But I'll give him everlasting life. And though the undertaker puts him in the ground, he, my sheep, will hear my voice, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Praise be to the living God. My sheep hear my voice. Jesus said it that day. All that's in the grave shall hear the voice of the great shepherd and shall come forth. Hallelujah. Come forth to everlasting life. Oh, to that great day of the coming of the sheep shepherd. Sorrows of tears can never keep the shepherd away. Corruption, he proved it at the grave of Lazarus. Lazarus was one of his little lambs. And he was laying in the body, bottom of a pit, a stone rolled over it. His body was molded. The nose had dropped in. The skin worms were eating him up. But the chief shepherd come up to the grave. And he knows his sheep by name. And if he speaks your name now and calls you, you answer. For there's going to be a time, said the prophet, 
call and I will answer him. Lazarus was four days dead. His body was corrupted. But the shepherds spoke and corruption knew its master. And the soul that was four days journey turned back into that body. And that body that had been embalmed. No blood. The cells was broke. He was rotten in the grave. But the shepherd of life was the name of his lamb. And his lamb let out a blade and said, Here I come. Oh, he is a marvelous shepherd. Let him feed you. He feeds you on his word. The Holy Spirit lives by the word of God. That great shepherd of the flock. Surely, he could not lose one. It would be a disgrace. You said, Brother Bram, you mean that? That's what the Bible says. Look! God told Israel, way down in Egypt, I have given you Palestine. Now, he could have just went up there and excommunicated the whole thing, run them all out with a flag, kill them all off. He could have went up there and set fear among them and drove them out of the country. But he said, Israel, it's yours. You go get it. They had to fight for every inch of ground they stood on. And every promise in the book of the great shepherd is to his sheep. But brother, he'll never come down and drive it away from you. You've got to fight for every inch of that promise. But it's yours. It belongs to you. Moses is a perfect type of the great shepherd. And when they come down to death at the Jordan and the waves is rolling, what did they do when they come to the sea of death? God made a way. And Moses, the great shepherd, led every genuine lamb all the way from Egypt to Palestine. He never lost to one of them. Neither did they go hungry or their clothes didn't even get threadbare. Moses the shepherd led them. Certainly, he was a type of Christ. Certainly, those who will follow will never be lost. Follow the shepherd. Now, we just got through saying there's a mixed multitude. You said, and they fell in the wilderness. Exactly. But the real sheep went right straight to the promised land. The sheep. And they know what kind of food to eat. When all that bunch of ten came back and said, we can't take it, we can't take it, they was looking to what the obstacles were. They were looking to circumstance. But there's two little lambs standing there by the name of Joshua and Caleb was blatant to the top of their voice. God said so. We can do it. Certainly we can. They were following the shepherd. And God will lead his sheep. I am the shepherd to the sheepfold. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I've noticed so much of sheep. One time when I was in another country, I was riding with a man in a little British jeep. I was going through a city 
way down there in the south part. And all at once, I seen the traffic cop blow a little whistle, and every car stopped dead still. I thought the mayor of the city must be coming up. Or what could it be that everything stopped? And I said to the man, what's going on? He said, let us stand up on the fender of the jeep. And you know what it was? It was a shepherd coming through the city with his sheep. Everything giving him the right away. I tell you, brother, it was a sight. And I thought some of these days that little despised bunch of holy rollers, when the great shepherd of the flock comes, they're kicked out into alleys and everything else. But someday the world will stand on a side while the great shepherd of the flock leads his sheep down through the Palestinian streets. Holy the goodness. I said, I have never seen any such in my life. He said, he's a shepherd. He has the right of way. Mr. Baxter, my manager used to be, now he's pastoring a great church in British Columbia. We was up there during the time when King George came through the country. And the late King George, a gallant man, a fine man. And when they were standing down by the corner, King George had stomach trouble. And he had multiple sclerosis. That's the one that sent for me to pray for him. And the Lord healed him of it. And then, when he was riding down the street so sick that day, he showed that he had royal blood. He set up in the car. You never knew why he was a king. And the beautiful queen sat by his side in her lovely blue garment. And as it passed this certain corner where this great big Canadian friend of mine was standing, he bowed his head and began to chuckle real hard, but his hands up like this and wept. I watched. I said, what was wrong? He said, there goes my king. My heart was jumping when they were playing God Save the King. I thought if that could make a man who is living under the flag of the British crown Feel like that when an earthly king passes by. What's it going to do when our king of kings comes riding by? With his beautiful bride, all clothed and has made herself ready. Though he has scars in his hands and nail prints, he'll stand as a king, the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, I want to see that day. I've often wondered, those angels, when they see this great inauguration taking place, when Jesus does return in a physical body? About two years ago, 
Mr. Moore, Mr. Brown, and myself were coming down from Roosevelt Dam. And we'd been up there visiting the nature and so forth and having fellowship. And we began to sing the best that we could. The old blood songs of redemption. And it seemed like down through those desert hills it just went on and on. And I said, Brother Moore, not a real vision, but I see a vision of some day when Jesus comes, when all the redeemed of all ages stand on the face of this earth and sing, tells the story saved by grace and sing those redemption songs, angels will stand just off the earth with bowed heads not knowing what we're talking about. They never needed redemption. We were the ones who were lost. We were the ones who He redeemed. They are His created beings, but we were lost and now we are found. We can sing of redemption. What a day it will be. In this particular case of this shepherd, I might go just a little further with you while we've got maybe a few more moments. I watched that shepherd come down to a street. And on the street in Palestine and different countries, the Orient everywhere, they don't take their food and put them in fine glass counters like we do. They just have a little spray coming up or just a bunch of fruit laying out and stuff right on the street. And here come that shepherd going right towards one of them places. Now I thought, now you're going to have a right, sure enough. And as we drove up close to watch, the strange thing was, that shepherd went right down to between those great walls of fruits, of dainty things like pears and vegetables, which the sheep would love. And it surely looked like them sheep would jump from one side to the other, but they followed that shepherd so close they never looked to the right or to the left. They walked right through every temptation following the shepherd. I thought, oh God, a true born again sheep of the fold or go through the temptations of this life following the shepherd. My sheep know my voice. Just spoke to them and I noticed in those great times of distress, those great temptations, those little old sheep looking from side to side. And one time a lamb would try, and Mammy would nudge him a little. We need some more old-fashioned nudging mammies with our kitties tonight when they're doing wrong. And I noticed that shepherd stepped out going like this. If he made a step out like this and come back, Every sheep following him went right straight in the same step. They come right up there and go in and go out. Everyone following right along and gather. Oh, brother, it's not a sheep that gets out of order. It's a goat that'll go aside for the temptation. It's a goat that'll go out and grab a pair or whatever he can get a hold of. Not the sheep, it's the goat. The only thing that falls out is those who are tottering and waving. 
stand up one day before I left the country. I was watching along the road, and there was a man out, and he was herding a big bunch of animals, and I noticed there were mules, and also there were cattle, there were goats, and there were sheep. And I said, what do you determine that man to be? And the man who was with me said, he is a shepherd. Oh, I said, a shepherd? Yes. Well, I said, a shepherd don't only mean for sheep then. He said, no, shepherd means a feeder. And I said, well, did you notice the sheep, the goats, the mules, and everything is eating off of the same pasture? I said, that's right. Well, I said, then the shepherd is good-hearted. Yes. But he said, the way to tell which is his, when the night time comes and it gets dark, he said, the shepherd will make a call and every sheep on the field will come to him and he'll take those sheep into the barn or the corral, lay down in the front of them, but the mules, the cattle, and the goats will stay in the field. I said, excuse me, brother. I just want to speak a word to my shepherd right now. I don't care about any theology, any great degree or great person. All I want to be is a humble sheep. night times begins to strike across my brow. I want him to call me in. They can be mules and goats and everything else eat the same food, but only a shepherd takes in his sheep only at night time. Brother, if you're impersonating Christianity, if you've got the spirit likened to the mule, or the spirit like the goat, that dibbles and dabbles around in the world. One of these days is coming night and you won't know the shepherd's voice. Why don't you get acquainted with it tonight and know what it means to be a sheep. Let us bow our heads while we're thinking seriously over this. I want you to think. You say, oh, Brother Bram, I enjoy the Word of God. Yes, brother, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The weed out here is just as good, rejoices just as much to get that water that falls down from heaven and rejoices with it just as much as your cotton does, just as much as your garden does. It's the same water. But at the end time, the angels and gathers all the briars, all the bad weeds, the foul things, and they're cast into the fire. But what happens to the wheat and the grain? It's taken to the garner. Mules, 
donkeys, camels, all other animals that graze upon the ground. Certainly they eat the same kind of food every man that goes to church. But it's just the shimp that's called when the sun's going down. Are you sheep tonight, brother? Sister dear, are you one of God's little lambs? If you're not sure of that, let's make it sure just now. Will you raise up your hand to Christ and say, By this Christ, I am accepting you as my Savior. Be merciful to me. God bless you, lady, setting you. God bless you, sir, setting by her. Down here on the bottom floor, someone, someone else, raise your hand and say, Christ, God bless you, sir. I now want to become a sheep. I'm sure that this spirit in me, which is hot-tempered and ill and different, Though I belong to church, God bless you, young man. Though I belong to church, God bless you back there, lady. Though I belong to church and my name is on the book, I know the spirit that's in me is not right. God bless you over here, the Spanish lady. Up in the balcony, steamer right, someone would raise your hand and say, Lord Jesus, I want you to change me. God bless you, young man. Change me just where I am. God bless you up there. Change me just as I'm sitting here. And take this old spirit from me and make me one of your sheep. I love you, Lord. And when my son is sitting, I want to hear the gentle voice of the dove of God cooing across Jordan to me. I now raise my hand in this solemn moment after the message, I want you to be my shepherd. I'll follow you, Lord. And yet though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. As long as the shepherds are leading, everything will be all right. Is there just another now before we close and have prayer? Remember, it's your soul. I give this message to you. If you are not God's sheep, then you don't know the shepherd's voice. Just any little thing might upset you. But if you are a sheep, you know the voice of the shepherd. And someday when every earthly voice is ceasing, when you hear mama screaming, you hear papa screaming, your husband screaming, your wife screaming, brother screaming, them voices will soon fade away. But then can you hear the coo of the great shepherd across the river? Come ye blessed of my father. Do you want him? He's yours for the asking. If he knocks at your heart. God bless you. Someone has a hand up. Yes, my sister. God bless you. That one more soul, you don't know what it means. We preach the gospel, pray for the sake. What a shame to let souls get by. Accept him tonight. Won't you do it? 
I persuade you now, in Christ's name, and Christ did be reconciled to God by Christ. Father renewing, God bless you, brother. Father renewing of your spirit. By the washing of the water by the word. Won't you come now sweetly humbly to Christ and accept him? Just go ahead with your music, sister. I'm just waiting, maybe one more. It might be said that day, Brother Bram, you waited just a moment longer. And something spoke to me, and I raised my hand. It settled the whole matter, Brother Bram. I'm so glad to be here now. What would it mean? What would it mean? You say, well, I've heard that before, but, Brother, you're going to hear it the last time one time. You, go to, you ever hear it no more after that? Wherever way you're headed, that's the way you're gone. Our kind Heavenly Father, we are now giving to Thee those who raise their hands as they have come to Thee and no one can pluck them from Your hand. You are the Great Shepherd. There's no body, no devil, no power, nothing at all can ever pluck them from Your hand. All the Father has given me will come to me. And none of them is lost. Save the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And you're still calling. Men and women are still submitting and coming. And I pray tonight that you will receive these into thy kingdom. I may never have the grand privilege of shaking their hand. The meeting is strenuous. And it's at the moment and many sick people are waiting. But, O oh Christ, knowing that these fruits grow on before me, I hand them to your hand. Grant it, Lord, by the preaching of your word, they have believed and have come to you. And if there be some, your Lord, who ought to have come and did not, have mercy on them. And may they also come, for they'll live a miserable life until it's over. Grant it, Lord. Hear our prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord God of heaven of earth bless each one of you. You believe that God is sure to give you the desire of your heart? How many feels real good after the Holy Spirit's been here moving on you like that? I believe that He will give every believer that which they so long and believe for. If you believe that with all your heart, say Amen. Doesn't the Word do something to you? You know what it is? It's food. It's God's food for His sheep. And the Bible is God's sheep food. Isn't it good? The Bible said, I believe David said, it tastes like honey in the rock. Yes, the Word of God is so sweet. I've seen it come into the people's heart by the old-fashioned, sanctified preaching of the Word come down until people would really actually just lick their lips like they were literally tasting something that was good. 
when the blessings of the Lord would be so close and so loving and so kind. And I know, my dear brother, sister, tonight, that Jesus Christ, God's beloved Son, loved each one of you in such a way that you couldn't afford to try to make heaven without him. Someone said the other day, kind of a little quiz, said, Brother Branham, do you mean to tell me you believe if a man is, is really a child of God, that he really can know that he is a child of God? I said, absolutely. When your spirit bears record with his word, his spirit, your sons and daughters of God, when your spirit comes into God's Bible, and you've met every requirement that God has proved to you, and all the world has passed away, and you become a new creature, then you pass from death unto life. God has did it. Now we're going to pray for the sick just in a moment. Wait, Billy, did you, you give out prayer cards again tonight? And if the Lord willing, how many would like to have a line tomorrow night the Lord willing, tomorrow night or Sunday night one, where everybody could come to the platform and just be prayed for. Would you like to have one of those nights like that? Perhaps maybe we'll make it tomorrow. I'll send the boy down and let a great big bunch of prayer cards be get out, and we'll probably pass them through the line. Not just like the fast line, but bring them to the platform. I did it here not long ago, and it was a marvel what the Lord did. The American people are taught you got to lay hands on them. And I guess you just have to do that. That's all I know. I'm, I'm trying to get you to believe it on a higher order. To accept it without hands laid on you. To just believe it. Walk away. However, there's a scripture. The Jairus, he was a Jew. He said, you come lay your hands on my little daughter and she'll get well or live. He was a Jew. Jesus had to go over across the city to lay hands on her because that's what he believed. But the Roman, the Gentile, said, you don't have to do that to me, Master. I'm a man under authority. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and this one comes, and he comes. But you just speak the word. So, just speak the word, and my servant will live. But I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Jesus turned around and looked at those Jews and said, I've never seen faith like that in Israel. And that's right. That's what I'm trying to get to the people. You don't see faith much like that in America. Brother Julius, you find it in Africa and India and places like that, but not in America. Just simply, you've got too much theology in America. You've had too many spiritual hypos. <laughs> what you need is a real opium that eases pain. He is the lily of the valley. Where do you get opium? From the lily. And that lily was crushed on Calvary. He's got all the opium you need. Right. He eases every pain. Opium is to take away pain. Take away sorrow. You become on a drunk with opium, like the narcotics of the day. But as soon as that little opium plays out, you've got a headache and you're worse than you ever was. But this opium I'm talking about, from the Lord Jesus, it just doesn't run out. In him is, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. If thou knowest who you were speaking to, I'd give you waters that you don't come here to drink, said the Lord. 
wells of water bubbling up in your soul. That's the kind of waters we need. Now we're going to call the prayer line tonight. One to a hundred. One to a hundred. Z, did you say that? All right. Prayer cards. Be like in Phoenix. And let's start standing up somebody somewhere. Prayer cards. Well, let's start at number one. If you start off with one, let's start with number one. Bring off number, who has number one? Prayer cards. Like in Phoenix. P, number one. Would you raise your hand? I can't see out of your, all right, lady, come here just a minute. Number two, would you raise your hand? Number three, would you raise your hand? Number four, would you raise your hand? Watch it. Maybe somebody who can't raise a hand. Might be somebody who can't hear. One, two, three, four, I guess that's them. Number five. All right, lady. Number six. Would you raise your hand? Number six. Number seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, now let's let them come up first. All right, I'm just trying to wait till I felt the anointing for up Your hand is just laying here. I was just waiting till I knew that he was had an anointing come before praying for him. Look, these might represent little sick children. What if it was my baby was sick? See? I want every sincerity that could be made for my baby. You do yours too. I want every little thing that God or the minister or anyone else can do for my baby, my wife, my loved one, my friends. You do too, don't you? So that's what we want to do, is be the deepest of sincerity, to believe with all of our hearts. How many? Prayer card P number four is out. Billy said it hasn't come up yet. Would you look at your neighbor's card? Maybe someone has missed it. It might be a blind person who can't see their card. If everybody's got a card, look at it or look at somebody's card, number four. On the back of the card, it's a little bitty thing. It's got, over here, it's got my picture on it. On the back of it, it's got a, a P, and on there, it's got a number. We do that in order to keep people lined up. That's the only reason. And the reason I'm bringing them up here, you don't have to. You don't have to do it. How many of those, like, two or three nights, they just call them anywhere, anyhow, it don't matter. It's just the idea they want somebody to lay hands on them. That's the only thing it is. Don't have to be. But just to bring some people up to the platform so they would understand. All right. Ten. Got them all there now? All but number four. All right, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and number P, I can Phoenix, if you can want to come, 
Take your place. All right. If uh, you wish to come. Now you say the line's a little long, Brother Bram. You may not get to it. I may not. Depends on how many out there believe. I, if you notice at night, Brother Moore's on one side, Brother Brown on the other side, Billy's standing watching, they watch me. When they've got enough, they take me. Could you imagine what effect that has? I woke up the other night going on the road out after I didn't know when I left the place, going out the street, fussing at myself that I was a total failure. I didn't see why the Lord ever let me stay any longer. I catch myself crying everything else. You don't realize what it is to come out of there. I know you, I don't understand it. I can't explain it. But I can show it in the Bible. How about Elijah? When he was under the anointing and called fire from heaven and then called rain from heaven and killed 400 priests and done what he did. And then when the anointing left him, he run from a woman, Jezebel, and was hid in the wilderness, not knowing where he was, for 40 days and nights, and God found him pulled back in a cave. Is that right? It wasn't when he was standing there, the anointed prophet. No, sir. It's when the anointing left him. Right. How about Jonah, who had inspiration of God and kept alive in the bed of a whale? for four days a night, or three days a night, and come out and prophesy to a city with nearly a million people. And they even repented, so they put sackcloth on their animals. And that man went up on the hill, and when the anointing left him, he prayed God to take his life. Right. Oh, what Pentecost needs is a good Bible lesson, <laughs> good teaching, and he wouldn't need so much going on. Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He had the Spirit without measure. You believe that? In Him never dwelt just a part of God, but all of God was in His Son, Christ Jesus. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All of God was poured out in Christ. All that God was was in Christ. And all that Christ is, He poured out on the church, but you keep refusing it. The things that, if I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. And as the Father has sent me, how did the Father send him? The Father sent him, went with him, and in him. So send I you. He's sending the church in the same way that God sent him. The God that went, that sent him, went with him. The Christ that sends the church goes in the church. And the very same work God was in Christ, what doing? Expressing himself to the world. No man has seen the Father at any time. The Father is the Spirit. But the only begotten of the Father has declared him. He's in here. God was in Christ expressing himself to the world. What his attitude was. What he thought of the world. How he loved the world. He so loved the world that he laid down his own life for it. And the only way he could die as a mortal, he had to become mortal. God was in Christ. And what Christ was, he put right into the church and redeemed us by his blood. And the same works that I do shall you do also. 
And a woman one time believed that. She touched his garment, went out in the crowd and stood out there. Jesus said, who touched me? How many knows that's the gospel? Sure it is. Why, Peter rebuked him. Everybody, oh, hello, Master. Are you the great prophet? Uh, I'd like to see you. Could I shake your hand? Would you come with me for dinner? I'd like to have you over to my house. Say, my pastor don't believe on you, but I do. See? But a little woman couldn't even get close enough to she slipped between her feet and touched his gone up and run back out of That's all she wanted to do. Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? How did he know somebody touched him? Peter said, he was earthbound too. He said, well, the whole crowd's touching you. He rebuked him. He said, I got weak. Virtue went from me. What is virtue? Strength. I got weak. My strength left me, but one little woman touching the Son of God with the fullness of God in him. I measure it like this. If every bit of water on earth, which almost four-fifths of the earth is in water, if every bit of the water on earth represented the Spirit that was in Christ, all that was in Christ, and this little gift here is just a spoonful out of it, you'd never miss it. God don't have to have me, but I have to have Him. But I'm just a little spoonful. But now let me show you the good of it to you. The same chemicals that's in the entire ocean is in the spoonful. The same kind of chemicals, just not as much. So the same works that Christ did, the servant does also, because the life of Christ is in the servant. I'll go with you and be in you to the end of the world. That's what makes you weak. Now, if Christ... The virgin-born Son of God, with the fullness of God in Him, got weak from a little woman touching Him. How about me, a sinner, saved by grace? If He didn't stand and hold me, I couldn't stand for one to go by like that. The great prophet Daniel saw one vision and was troubled at his head for many days. Now, do you want to begin to understand? That's what makes weakness. What does these visions, Brother Bram? It's you. It's not me. Visions of God. This is the gift of God. It's not mine. It's God's gift. My wife said to her, she said, Billy, you never stay home. Here we've been married almost 15 years. And your children hardly know you. As soon as you get the phone, maybe 30, 40 calls a day. Come here, Brother Bram. Come over here. Come over here. Or you go, wow. I said, but honey, look. My life is not mine, neither is it yours. I'm, God gave me as a gift to the public. I belong to the public. Now, whatever you do with it, that'll be between you and God. It's not me, I'm a man, but the spirit that's in here is a public service of God to you. You can receive it or refuse it. Whatever you do with it, that's up to you. You might think it ought to be up in glamour, so would we thought John would have been in glamour, but standing in mud probably to his knees on the banks of Jordan preaching. All the prophets spoke what a great time that was. They thought the, the horizontal rainbow would slip down and the great king would ride down on a horse. What was it? A little common, ordinary man walking down on the banks of Jordan, being baptized by a man standing there, not even dressed right. Piece of sheepskin wrapped around him. 
The Bible said at that time, every low place will be exalted up and every high place brought down. And when the mountains start, they skip like little rams and all the hills clap their hands. What was it? A preacher that was considered a holy roar. Standing out on the bank and baptized the boy with the illegitimate name coming down to be baptized. That's when that took place. What the world calls great, God calls foolish. What the world calls foolish, God calls great. It depends on where your mind, what you're looking at. Now let's believe God with all our hearts, with all our minds. Now, is the prayer line already? Number four and number fourteen hasn't appeared. All right. You get plenty of time. So now, be real reverent and pray. I do, ladies. Now, I, this is the time where God must speak. Of all I've said would be not right if Jesus doesn't speak himself. Can you all understand that? Now, i put myself here in a position that whether this Bible has got to be right or it's got to be wrong now. This is the ceiling time. Now the woman standing here, so far as I know, I've never seen her in my life. We're strangers, are we? We're probably born many miles apart and years apart, and this is the first time we've ever met. Now, if this ain't an exact picture of St. John 4 again, a man and a woman, now what if this woman wants healing? Could I heal her? No, sir. Could I do anything far towards healing? No, sir. Everything that can be done. Now, if she's got a, if she's got uh, something or another that they could, uh, the doctor could help her, could give her something that a doctor can't heal her. No, no. Doctors don't heal. God heals. Doctors just set bones and take away pieces of obstruction of something that's went bad. They take it out. Something like that, or give you some. As I said the other night, some rat poison to poison the rats that's in you, the germs. But he can't build back those tissues. God stands in creation alone. He can cut a side open, take a tumor out. But who's going to heal that side? You better not never raise up if God don't heal it. He can cut, take away, but can't heal up. See what I mean? Now, what if she wants finance trouble? What if she wants it's domestic trouble? What if it's what if it's sin? All that she has need for is in Christ. Now, if Christ will reveal to me what the woman here for, will every person believe with all your heart? A little lady will tell you, we don't believe in swearing. The Bible don't say if you can't take perfect people's word for it. Well, I just that's just this. The Bible said, don't swear by heaven nor by earth. I swear at all. I never saw the woman in my life, as I know. And she says, I don't know her. And she doesn't know me unless she's set out in the audience somewhere and watch me. But God knows all about her. And if this little woman right here, if the Holy Spirit would come and do the same thing to this woman that he did to the woman at the well of Samaria, find out where her troubles is and what she's here for, what she has need of, 
and reveal it to her? You know what that Samaritan woman said? We know that when the Messiah cometh, he'll do these things. That's a sign that our God, that you Christian, newborn Christians, just accept is not dead but is alive here with us tonight. Now, everybody in the building, you don't have a prayer card, and you want God to heal you, raise up your hand. All right? It's just almost everything. I have faith. Now, I want just to speak to you, ladies. Just merely after preaching like that, making an altar call. I just want to talk to you a minute. The Lord, you say, what would you want to talk to me for, Brother Brandon? Catch your spirit. Just like, why did Jesus want to talk to the woman at the well? Catch your spirit. Say, bring me a drink. Said, it's not customary for you to ask that. They went ahead talking at length. Finally, Jesus found where her trouble was. And I don't believe that the woman would have ever answered him. You don't have to answer me. But he had known her trouble anyhow, if God would have revealed it to him. You believe that? If I could help you, lady, and wouldn't do it, I'd be a brute. But I, only way I could do be preach the word or by a divine gift. Is that right? Then you'd accept it. You're here for trouble in your back. That trouble is a, a rupture. It's a ruptured disc in your back. That's true. Now, do you believe? The woman be the judge. See? Now, what ought to happen? The entire group should say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. You're alive. Your word said you'd do that. We're living in the last days, in the atomic age. When you said it's about time for you to come, lift up your head. You said at that time these things would be taking place. And here I see it by your word. I now believe you're here. I accept you for my healer. That settles it. That ought to do it. God told Moses, go down and do this sign. And said they'll believe you. He did the sign, and they believed him. And they marched along. But our shepherd, the Lord Jesus, can come and do the sign... We Gentiles sit back and say, no, I don't know where that's coming out. That's why we miss the blessing. Now here, like talking to the woman. Now, I don't know what I told her. I couldn't tell you. But I could find out just a moment. There's my tape artist up there. They have it. Every word that's muttered. But now, just to sit and talk to the woman a few moments. Would it... Would it make you feel better if I just, just make, he would, might not say nothing else? But if he does, would it increase your faith if he would? Would it, you lady? If it, all right. How many say it would increase your faith? Let's see your hands. So it should believe on the Lord Jesus. Now, lady, just just using you for one. May the Lord grant it is my prayer. But I want you to look this way. Just again and see if the Holy Spirit would do. What he promised he would do. He will do it. That is, if he will permit me. This is the gift. I don't operate the gift. The gift operates me. You're the one that's doing it. 
If you got faith, it's your faith, like the woman touched his gun. Now, if the audience still hears me, the woman, yeah, it's in her back. It's a trouble in her back. I see it again. And he said that it was a, a ruptured disc. It's a disc in the back that's ruptured. And there's someone else with you. And that woman is suffering with a nervous condition. That's right. She lives in this house, the same place you do. Her name is Bidwell. That's right. And you live like 13, 15 Pierce. That's right. Your name is Edna Anderson. Right? Do you believe now? Oh, gracious God of heaven, have mercy upon us, thy poor subject, and bless this woman for whatever she has need of. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, lady. How do you do? I am a stranger to you. I suppose you're an Indian. Well, I have a great respect for your nationality. After all, you're the true American. God gave you this land. Now, I'm just one out of millions. But you may feel, and I do too, that you got a raw deal out of it. God gave the land, and white man come touch away from it. But I know one that won't give you a bad deal. That's the Lord Jesus. You are suffering from an extreme nervous condition. And then you've been to a doctor. And the doctor told you that you should be operated on. And that was for kidney condition. It's in the back. And it's your left kidney that they want to take out. Oh, God of heaven, send thy blessings upon the woman and bless her. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, lady. Give me that which you are asking for. Now the Lord Jesus does know all things, doesn't he? He knows you, and he knows me. He knows what you're here for. Your husband.
husband thinks you get well too, wasn't he? Every preacher should believe the word with all his heart. But you're suffering also with a nervous condition. And then you're having pains in your chest. Right? And I see it go back a little piece. And there was something about a doctor. And it was in the gallbladder. And he wanted, said it ought to be operated on, taking gallstones out. That's been at least three or four years ago or more. That's right. Three years and nine months. You believe now? Come here. Oh, blessed Jesus, the righteous Son of God, make well this dear person who stands here waiting, longing for your healing power. I bless her in Jesus' name for her healing. Amen. God bless you, lady. If thou canst believe, uh, if you just be so kind as be just don't move around if you can help. There was somebody was healed right back here a few moments ago. I didn't get it because someone was moving in it. You say, Brother Brennan, what about that? You say, I thought you just preached the Bible. That's the Bible. Jesus, when he went into a room where Jairus' daughter was healed, he said, she's just asleep. They said, we know she's dead. And he put them everyone out of the house. He led a man one time out of the crowd and took him out outside the city to heal him. If thou canst believe. I just believe right there sitting with the lady. I'm not positive. You believe with all your heart? You believe the Lord Jesus sent me here to help you? If you do with all your heart, God will do it for you. I couldn't heal you, you know that, because I don't have any power to heal. But Jesus Christ is the only one who has power to heal. You believe that? All right. If God will explain to me what's wrong with you, will you believe it? It's in your side. It's a growth in your right side. That's right. Isn't that right? You believe with all your heart now? You've had a blessing of some sort, haven't you? And that is that your husband, which has been sick, has been healed. That's right. And that was a diabetic case. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. Now, do you believe with all your heart? Come here. Heavenly Father... I pray that you'll be merciful to this woman and let thy spirit move upon her and give to her the desire of her heart as I weakly but humbly and believingly ask for this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.
If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Have faith, don't doubt. Would you, the lady, was just up here? something wrong with your side, didn't you? So was that lady sitting right there beside the man, second lady in there, looking at me right back there. Got something wrong with your side? Yes, the, the lady right here. Is that right with the little round looking hat on of it? It's correct. You're both of you now. That was you a few minutes ago, lady. Well, what it was, that same thing here in the line was calling this way, and I got, couldn't tell which way it was coming. See? Isn't he good? He's so wonderful. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. But it depends on whether you believe or not. How do you do, lady? You believe with all your heart. Been full of sorrow, haven't you? You're real nervous. Broke down. You just lost someone. Your husband. Right? Don't worry. God's with you. He promised to be a, a sustainer for you. Don't be nervous. He holds everything in his hands, sister dear. He loves you. And he'll bless you, I'm sure. Let us pray. Our kind Heavenly Father. I bless this lady standing here in the name of thy beloved Son, the Lord Jesus. I ask for her healing. Amen. God bless you, lady. Just have faith. Don't doubt. Darkness. God can heal cancers and make them well. Do you believe that? Just a moment, lady. There it is. Blue dress. You believe God heals cancers? Satan thought he'd get by with that, but he missed it. You believe it? Will you accept it, lady? Believe with all your heart? All right, you should have it full, baby. Go off and be healed now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Have faith in God. If thou canst believe, Setting out on the end of the road, sir. Uh, back there, got a high blood pressure. You believe the Lord Jesus to heal you? You have to be just in line with that lady then. I thought it left, but it went right back to you. You were sitting there praying also, wasn't you? That's right. All right, if you believe with all your heart, you can have what you ask for. And the Lord grant it to you. You believe you'd be healed right now by the power of Almighty God? Oh, God, I lay hands upon the man. And as for his healing in Jesus Christ's name, may he be healed. 
How do you do, lady? You believe God make that asthmatic go from you and you get all right and quit that coughing? You believe it? Oh, dear Jesus, I bless this poor little woman in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for her healing. May it be granted in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. May his blessing be upon you. God heals cancer, anything, don't make any difference to him, if you can believe it. Will you believe it, he'll make you well? Oh, Jesus, thou son of the living God, bless this poor little woman who Satan is determined to take her life. I pray that you'll spare her and condemn this enemy in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, ladies. Go believe in it. The heart is where God dwells. And he can heal where he lives. Don't you believe that? Will you believe he'll make you well? Oh, eternal God, send thy blessings upon this man who I bless in Christ's name. May he be healed for the glory of God. Amen. God bless you, brother. Go believe him now with all your heart. You believe with all your heart out here? right out there, kind of thin with glasses on, got sinus trouble. You believe Jesus Christ make you well? You can have what you ask for. Amen. God bless you. Now the lady next to you, she's got her head down, she's praying for something. It's about her little grandson. That's right. You believe me to be God's prophet? You do? Your little grandson is suffering with a nervous condition. So nervous she can't even go to school. That's right. But if you believe with all your heart, you can have what you ask for in a Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's pray for these handkerchiefs. Oh, Jesus, the Son of God, be merciful unto these who are needy and heal every one of these that the handkerchiefs represent. Grant it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And to this woman here, I pray that you'll heal her and make her every whip whole. May she go in the peace of God and be well. 
How many in here believes just now? I know my boy or one of them is holding my coat, so it must be just about the end that I, I must leave. I'll be real reverent just a moment. If you will solemnly with all your heart believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, the shepherd of the great flock of God, is here trying his best to wind his way into your heart, to take that unbelief out and all that old indifference. What is sin? What is sin? Unbelief. If a man or a woman, boy or girl, could sit in a meeting like this and walk out disbelieving, I, I believe you're past hope. Why not believe just now? Will you do it? Raise your hands to him. Come here, lady. In Christ's name, heal the woman, Lord, and make her well. Heavenly Father, I pray thee to be merciful to this audience and let the Holy Spirit somehow, God, I don't know how you'll do it, but I'm just asking you to do it. Break that power of darkness. Break that power of unbelief. Pour out your spirit in this audience that'll shake every person where they're sitting and make the power of God raise up the sick and the afflicted and make them every whip whole. I commit them unto thee, great Holy Spirit. I've done all that I know how to do, and I give them to thee in Jesus' name.